Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Bluehead, and welcome to episode 52 of Beard on the Podcast Adjunct Series Quarantine Edition. This evening, if you guys are long-time watchers or listeners, you might remember this episode we did with these gentlemen back in, I think it was about mid-2018, so it has been coming up on three years, which is much too long. A lot has happened in the time. I'm just going to bring everybody in. Oh, and this evening, I have Notion... Our photographer and audio engineer, we cannot operate this podcast without this man. He is co-hosting with me, and we have Benoit and Stefan from Bandit Brewery. Boys, welcome, 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 welcome. Great to have you guys. Thank you for hanging out. Appreciate you. Hello. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yes. Um, so it has been a while, Stefan. Uh, we were uh, we got to have you on a few years back, and Ben, this is your first time, so welcome, my man. Appreciate you both. So, thank you, thank you. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, we are going to start drinking this glorious little beer right here. Focuses, there we go. This is called Cloud. Um, this is not a new IPA, though, is it? This is something that's been uh, around for a while. Yeah, the recipe changed a bit over time, but that's uh... okay. Yeah, it's something that uh, we are making for a long time. Though, yeah, we are trying to develop and change the recipe and uh, improve the, the recipe uh, all the time. So, okay. still like a beginner base. Um, yeah. Easy drinking, beautiful color. Um, easy drinking. Mm-hmm. Mm. What are so, the uh, yeah, what are the hops in this one, guys? That's uh, yeah, mostly citro and a bit of galaxy. So that's. Um, Kind of main, we have a couple of main IPAs, and uh, each one of them, uh, we want to highlight one of the yeah, our favorite hops. Like uh, Cloud is like the Citra, Citra IPA, so Citra okay. and a bit of Galaxy. And uh, the other ones are not here, but we have the Rainforest, that's the Mosaic one, okay. and the Odyssey, that's the Galaxy one. Gotcha, okay, so you really got, got the big dogs right. right. I gotta do the reviews <laughs> as we go. Um, this it. is a beautiful it, looking beer, guys. Well. Cheers. Cheers, get it in you. Beautiful straw color. Oh, that's great. Really nice mouthfeel. Oh, yeah. Super soft. soft. Um, nice try. I mean, obviously, if it's Citra and Galaxy, I mean, that's a fantastic uh, fantastic blend right there. Great um, combo. Really fragrant. Hey, this is this is great. This is really, really good. Um, how long have you been doing this particular beer? Uh, this batch? This, um, just, just this product line. How long has that one been around for? Yeah, that beer was we have been making it for two years. And two years. And, uh, but the recipe changed, changed a bit over time, and also the the way we dry hop changed a little bit. So um, I think we're quite happy with the yeah, the way it's because uh, uh, yeah, obviously for all our New England IPAs, the, the dry hop is the yeah, critical phase. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah, we started changing a couple of things with this one, mm-hmm. and uh, well, yeah, we're quite happy with uh, how it turned out. Yeah, I love it. It's got a great chalky finish on this one. It's got yeah. Leads you once you make sure we want to come back for some more, but it's got that chalky uh, good stuff that we want. Yeah. Oh, super fresh. This one was was canned uh, a couple of days ago. Oh, super fresh. I love it. Yeah, Juan was saying this is the this is the one the uh, the super fresh ones the uh, the movie. Fantastic. Yeah. Smells great. So, boys, uh, like I said, it's been uh, about three years since we've had you know Bandit on the podcast. 
So for those who might not have, you know, seen that original episode, there's probably some value in maybe just uh, going through the story of how you guys started and how you guys both got into beer. We don't have to go into it in depth. They can listen to the first episode um, if they want to go back to it. But, you know, since Ben hasn't been on, it'd be great to hear his story. But excuse me. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear how you both got into beer and how Bandit came about. Whoever wants to go first. Uh, so, yeah, I've, I've been uh, yeah, homebrewing for like a, a long time. Yeah, like 10 days, uh, 10, 10 years. 10, 10 days. <laughs> Very good, very soon. Yeah, long past And no, like about yeah, about ten years back in back in France. So a friend of mine, who by the way opened up a brewery since then, taught me how to. How to brew? It was yeah, very basic stuff because in France we have a strong uh, Belgian influence mm. in beer. So maybe like a, a Belgian, yeah, Belgian double, something like that. The first batch I, uh, I brewed with him, and uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Since then I, I kept uh, homebrewing until I opened up uh, opened the Benetton. Okay, so it was just straight home brewing, and you moved to to uh, Canada. Yeah, home, like, yes, like, uh, like most people, it's not very. Uh, <laughs> Not a very original story. But okay. Yeah, it is. It is quite common. not too glamorous. No, but hey, but it's efficient. Gets, uh, <laughs> it gets it there. Okay, that's when, true. So, by the way, obviously, people can't tell you both are from France, which is uh, which is awesome. I'm here in Montreal, so I'm used to hearing a completely different type of French accent, and I always forget that the France French accent is so different from the Quebecois French accent until I speak yeah. to people from France. Like, oh, yeah, so different. I have a lot of trouble. <laughs> understanding people here with French, my French is pretty pretty shit. But when I when I see like I say if I watch a movie or if you guys spoke French, I feel like I can understand it all. It's like you guys are very um clear with the way you pronounce words and it just makes it so much easier. So thank you. Thank you from a non That's true actually. I agree. I agree. It's just so much different. No shade to Quebec. I love you guys. I'm just saying I can't understand you. No, but but cheers to France French. <laughs> exactly. Cheers to that. Um <laughs> Ben, tell us about uh, how you ended up at Bandit, bro, and how you got into beer. Yeah, so my my story it's uh, quite similar. I came uh, I came to Toronto like uh, almost now eight, eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years, <laughs> not eight days. And um, <laughs> yeah, like I met, um, I met a buddy in Montreal, a French guy. Uh, I'm coming from the north of France, so very close to the Belgian border. And we start to homebrew together. His roommate was the, the head brewer in Montreal of, um, I don't remember the, the pub now, but uh, like a small, uh, small like brew pub in, uh, in Montreal. Okay. And uh, yeah, he introduced me to the, the brewing and uh, I fell in love because of course, like uh, as Stefan said, I was also very influenced by the, the Belgium style, uh, like everything like Carmelite, uh, like Orval, like all this style that I really love. And um, so, yeah, I get inside and um, I learn a lot. Um, and I came to Bandit, um, it was like four years ago. Um, I was working in retail before, like, so nothing to do. I was working like a uh, sport industry. Uh, and, um, I decided just to, to make like a big move. And uh, yeah, like I came to Bandit, uh, 
with my homebrew, say, hey, do you want to try? Like, uh, this is what I'm doing. And also, like, uh, I was doing, like, also, like, beer tasting at home. Right. So, like, inviting people in my room, my place, uh, like, eight, ten people, and sort of, like, explaining, like, how we're making beer, like, in general, because I was not working in a brewery, but, like, how, like, beer are made, uh, why this beer is blonde, why this beer is amber, why this is a stout. So, basically, like, the basic of the basic. And I came to Stefan and said, like, if you want, I can do, like, some uh, some beer tasting, if you want, uh, to, uh, to bring people inside the brewery during, like... Uh, I don't know, like winter time when it's a bit slow, and uh, I say, yeah, okay, why not? And uh, and two weeks after, I say, okay, like he also asked me like uh, to be like uh, to work in packaging because a uh, position where like was was open, and uh, I jump on it and I start like uh, to be like uh, yeah on the packaging for like uh, maybe like four, five, six months. And then I started to be assistant brewer because, of course, it's a, it's a very tiny brewery. Like it's a team of uh, three or four people maximum. So, and then at some point the, the, the brewer like left, and I took over him. Uh, I say by because we had no choice, so I took over him uh, for two years, two years and a half. And then I decided to have uh, to gain more experience, more skill, and I I decided to to leave to quit Bandit for a year. Um, to just have more skills, and I went to uh, Goose Island um, nice. in Toronto. So uh, totally different atmosphere, to, totally different style of beer, of course. Um, but I learned a lot, so very, very good and uh, great experience. And at some point, like I came back here uh, last October uh, because uh, Stefan offered me to um, to manage like the Barrel Age uh, program, which I really, really love. And uh, yeah, no, I'm the lead brewer, yeah, managing a team of two, three people, managing the 55 barrel that uh, you can see behind me. And uh, yeah, even more because I say like it's a, it's a very, it's a tiny brewery, but there is a lot to do. So you have to, to do everything like in this kind of company. So you have to be like very uh, adaptable and uh, I really like that. So. Yeah, that's my journey. That's me. That's, uh, that's what I'm hey, doing. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, cheers to that. Yes. That is awesome. Um, the barrels, are you guys sitting, I'm just trying to picture, I think I know where you are in the brewery. Is this in, on the side um, near the bathrooms? Is that where the barrels are? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. correct yeah. See the, the raccoon, uh, raccoon logo yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, on the wall, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So that was not there when I was there last. Um, in uh, I think I must have come after that 2018 day. But the barrel pro, I don't even remember if you had, did you have barrel age beers back then? Were you guys doing that? Yeah, it was very limited. We had uh, maybe back then, maybe eight barrels. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think during a COVID time, we inside was uh, had been closed for about a year now. We had a barrel age inside, uh, colonized the brewery a little bit. <laughs> okay. So now we have uh, mm -hmm. I wish we had more. It's, it's a lot of fun. We uh, can uh, talk more about it. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the decor changed a little bit. But yeah, I think it's for the best because we, yeah, we're having a lot of fun. Like uh, aside from the IPA, that our main uh, main focus to uh, start, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, playing playing around with the, uh, yeah, sarbies, uh, wild uh, wild ales, and uh, I'm going to try some of these uh, tonight. Yes, I'm excited for that. That's um, exciting. You know what? I do remember now. 
Brad, I don't know if you remember because you were there last time, but we were on the patio with you guys afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I actually remember you talked, you were, the, the barrel thing was around the corner behind you, up near the uh, bottle shop, I think. Yeah, yeah right? It was, uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but since then we changed the kitchen there. Okay. <laughs> they were still room for barrels, but yeah, that's what it was. You're correct. You, 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 you had your four barrels. Okay. Yeah, it was four miles behind the bottle shop and maybe like uh, eight <laughs> in the back. So yeah. <laughs> All right. So fifty-five oh, nice. now. That's a that's a big expansion. That's super cool. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, man. But it's difficult to yeah below a certain number of barrels. It's just difficult to. I think it's more interesting for us to do interesting. Uh, if you want to do blends, if you don't have any barrels to blend, that's that's not uh, yeah that's not right. very interesting. Uh, I think yeah, 50, 55 barrels is kind of a, a good number to start with. I wish we had a, above 100, but uh, at least it starts being a bit interesting for us to, yeah, get to blend like sour ales. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to, nice. to blend and also uh, for the turnover also because, you know, as soon as you empty a barrel, for the next one you have to wait uh, at least six months. So working with 50, you can at least every two weeks transfer and uh, fill a barrel and uh, play with them. So yeah, with eight, it's a bit more complicated, of course. So yeah, 50 gives you like uh, a lot of space and time to play with uh, with these babies, so yeah. I love it. The barrel program, I imagine that's year-round then, like you guys are constantly, like from what I understand, you guys are doing stout. Tonight we're gonna do the stouts, the barley wine and the um, uh, wild ale. Um, so you guys are doing a bit of everything. Like you're not even just picking one style and sticking to that. Like you've gone the whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like uh, even like uh, regarding the style, we uh, we just launched uh, like maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, like a new series because it's called it's called sorry, the the long wave. And the idea is to have like a, just a single barrel, so no blend, no adjuncts, nothing else, so just from straight from the barrel. And yeah, like it can be like uh, a barley wine, it can be like a quad, it can be like a golden sour ale, a white ale. So basically, yeah, we have uh, maybe I would say like six, seven different styles in a barrel, uh, but also like in different kind of barrels. So I can have an imperial stout in a, for example, I have like an imperial stout now, like uh, in a maple syrup bourbon barrel, in a bourbon barrel, in a rum barrel, and in a like Pinot Noir barrel. So it's like very different. The same beer, of course, but different flavors going to end at the end with the barrel. So so it's like, yes, yeah, six, seven bays of beer, but then uh, we have like, uh, we say seven or eight different kind of barrel too. So in multiply, uh, it's very like, it's a lot of different styles. That's sick. Have you guys ever done, and I've already started seeing this recently, so I never really thought of it, but I'm, I'm seeing more releases from breweries that are doing double barrels. So they'll do like, I don't know, three months in bourbon, three months in rye. Have you guys ever um, played with that type of stuff? Not yet, no. Not yet? Yeah, double. No. Have you Okay. The double is like a becoming a thing. Is that correct? I've only seen it like... Yeah, I've seen a couple of breweries doing this here. Yeah, and it was like I didn't know it was a thing, and I started realizing. Well, I guess you like it makes sense. It gives you more to to kind of play with. But being that you've got so many different styles and then so many different types of barrels, I mean that's uh, well, you know that's a pretty Next significant. Time viewers, we have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to get that. Would you guys consider um, getting like a uh, an external facility to keep all the barrels in? 
like say you so you could expand like an offsite yeah yeah actually yeah we would love doing that I that's the only um the only thing that's good with our setup here that's everything is available so you want to do a barrel testing okay you can just go there you taste your barrel mm. and that's very easy if you start uh, if you start yeah, having a separate facility it's like way more management tool you have to go there and uh, so at least it ensure that uh, we taste the barrel often and we, we kind of know what we are doing, although we cannot always know what's going on with the yeah, sour white eggs, but uh, but at least we can taste the barrel on a regular basis and all talk about it, the whole team. Um, yeah, no, I think it's, I would yeah, I would love to. If you could have a second facility when you we could yeah do barrel aging in a larger scale, at least two hundred barrels away, I would I would love doing that. Be a little easier. Yeah, I, I do understand. Many, many, many parameters. <laughs> yeah, that would. I didn't even think about that about the tasting because you're already there. Now would mm. be a, a whole excursion to be like, all right, it's a planned thing rather than like just randomly. Let's go You'd want it right there. Yeah, you probably couldn't monitor them as much, but it I guess. Adds so much uh, logistic. Yeah. So if we, uh, yeah, if we do something like this, I think we should put probably brew there. And have an activity that's not just burlaging, maybe. Although some many breweries do that uh, successfully, having just a burlaging facility. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could go either way. Okay. Um, I was going to say. We'll I'm keep you busy for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I'm keeping an eye on the time because I know that we sort of have a stop and we want to make sure we get through all the beers. So, do you want to move to the next IPA and we'll talk about that? Sure. Yeah, sure. Now, if I'm not mistaken, we're doing uh, Hive next. Is that correct? Yes, Hive is going to be the next one. All right. Can you guys uh, tell us about. Well, I, we finished this one. I don't think we'll be drinking the rest of this week. Well, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so, Hive is uh, part of the. Uh, we can try. Double, uh, double, double dry up IPM. Uh, so eight point two percent, and of course with the, this name. So we play with a. Uh, so we had uh, roughly like forty five kilograms of oil for the batch. We are using like a local uh, local supplier uh, from the, the B shop. Uh, so we are using blossom, cherry, honey, and the white flower honey. Okay. So like a, a nice, of course, like a honey hint taste at the end, but also a lot of floral uh, taste uh, on the first sip, and also in the aroma. So good earthy flavor. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm doing, uh, we take the photos to promote it as we go. So it's going to make sure uh, we get all the stuff. What is the, um, what's the hops in this one, guys? Uh, Citron, uh, <laughs> Citron Galaxy. Again. <laughs> the Galaxy? Yes. Oh, good old Galaxy. You can't ever go wrong. Yeah, Galaxy is kind yeah, of, we love uh, uh, Galaxy is our, yeah, go, yeah. Yes. Do you find it more stable to work with or do you find it better for, um, is it better in the boil or better dry hopped? What's your... Um, reason for using it so much, other than it being awesome. <laughs> I think yeah, for all our IPAs, I think you don't you don't get much out of the whirlpool and everything that's on the hot side. So the dry hop is probably mm -hmm. the, yeah, obviously the most most important part. Yeah. And uh, I think Galaxy is. Yeah. There are some hops that you cannot replace. Like Galaxy it only tastes like Galaxy Citron. It tastes like Citron. Mm -hmm. And uh, all the all the best, yeah, the, the best, you know, the 
best hops help replace them. So obviously, yeah, Galaxy, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a great hop. So we use a lot of Galaxy. Citro is a very, some people don't like Galaxy, but Citro is also, it's a very, everybody likes Citro. <laughs> there is no one who doesn't like yeah, Citro. Usually, yeah, like, it's hard to hate. Yeah, but you have to be also careful because uh, depending on supplier, you have to, because we are trying a lot, we are paying a lot of attention for uh, the hops too, oh, wow. because it's, uh, Part of the, the dry up, as Stefan said, but um, also regarding and we're working with suppliers to find like the specific lot that we are loving the most. Um, I remember, like, for, for to find this citra, we, we tried like four different kinds of citra, like different lots. Oh, okay. And yeah, like, you have to, to be like very selective, it takes time. You have to you have to try, you have to play, you have to so yeah, and then you need to find a good one that can fit your beer, the style, and uh, so yeah, it's a lot of work working on the selection of hops. So, mm. but doing, I think, a good job with that. Uh, we spend a lot of time and money for to find the, the best one. So yeah, it's uh, very important. Yeah. It's incredible how the same, yeah, the same year, crop year, lot to lot, can taste so different. Yeah. So, so you have to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, I have heard that a bunch, and also the terroir from where you know which farm grew it as well. Um, the with Galaxy, like going after Brad's question there, like that's an interesting hop. I always find that Galaxy is like, like it overwhelms anything. Um, whenever you have it in a beer, I don't really find that this is like blowing my face off too much. Galaxy, but like, how do you mitigate Galaxy flavors overriding those of the rest of the hops in the beer? Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Uh, I, I think there is no, honestly, that we, I, we love Galaxy. There is no, I think too much Galaxy, I think it's not a kind of thing. We have a double IPA, like a Dew. It's, yeah, it's a single hop, the only Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think if you have the right yeast, we use a, yeah, LA3, the yeast that leaves a lot of uh, sugar in the, in the beer. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that, I think there's no, nothing. Like too much galaxy, honestly. That's uh, that's. Uh, I don't think it's overpowering. Yeah. If, if you use it with citra, citra is also very overpowering, so it doesn't really matter. Of course, if you use it with a hop that moves, yeah, less uh, less dominant. But uh, yeah, we don't do it too much. I don't have uh, anything in mind that uh, where galaxy fully overpowered and uh, other hop. Or... No, and we try also to balance. Uh, so of course, like we're working a lot with. Uh, Sheet. We have a lot of information for every batch that we are making, so we are trying to be also consistent of like uh, grain per liter for the dry up, like for the whirlpool. So we are trying to be like uh, to pay a lot of attention for that, to not go too far, not go too low, and to find the, the right balance. And um, yeah, after a few years, I think that we are on the, the good the good spot, the the good like uh, amount of hops that we want in our beer. And uh, yeah, we are just also trying to to use like the hops as fresh. Possible, so it's also like a key. Like, if you store, uh, like, if you're using like a hold hops or like storing like a, not in the fridge, like you're gonna have like this cheesy flavor, of course. And uh, so we're trying to, to to stay like as fresh as possible. So yeah, very important to like. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Quality is everything. Totally. The, yeah. the honey in this one. What was the inspiration with the honey? Because that's an interesting. Uh, I've seen it a couple times, but it's not really common to, to you know put wildflower honey into a double IPA. What's the, what's the mm. thing behind yeah, that? 
Actually, I think a couple of breweries are doing that. We 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 tried that, and uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Like it gives you, uh, you know, if you do a, if you make IPAs, you know, okay, you can do IPAs, you change the hops, change the <laughs> change the the malt a little bit, but now like a crystal crystal malts are kind of a band in the IPAs. We don't do crystal malts anymore, so you just only have two row and pilsner. Most people don't do pilsner, so we have two row. So we don't have many. Uh, and it gives something, and um, we tried that. I think we, we liked it. It gives us something a bit about the earthiness. It doesn't make the beer completely, it doesn't taste like honey. No, it, no. If you know it, okay, it's a bit of earthiness, a bit of a, it's a bit floral. Floral, but, that's um, yeah. It kind of gives them a, a nice twist, uh, but a nice twist of a product that remains relatively similar <laughs> in a way, because it's like, yeah, it's double IPA and a double IPA with honey. They, yeah, they are you know, part of the same uh, family. You know. that's, I mean, that's a nice, uh, nice twist. Hmm. I, I agree. I like the idea of it. I, I definitely got the floral because that was what I was thinking too. Like it was like it's kind mm. of in the end and it's not like overwhelming. Um, it was it's just like a nice little addition. No, did you notice that? Like the the floralness of the honey in that. Yeah, definitely on the nose. Um, and I, as you said at the end of the uh, the taste, but it's uh, it's nicely balanced in there. It's just kind of hugging the rest of the flavors so it's not really poking out but it's definitely in there it's yeah. great yeah nice little uh addition i really enjoy it i was just thinking yeah. actually when we were talking about the honey being that like a french owner a french head brewer that's pretty rare in i would imagine um in toronto or in ontario um how has you know the influences from france shown up in your beers like have you guys been able to pull you know, being on once again here in Quebec, a lot of things are very influenced by what happens in France as far as the cuisine and the type of flavors that we get in the food here, which I very much appreciate because I would argue. Like, you know, like, how does that show up in the beer? How does like, or, or does it at all, or, or is it like? No, it doesn't. That's because we're not doing like any. Uh, we don't just doing like a pizza now. So as a European style, of course, but uh, other than that, uh, we don't do uh, European style or French or Belgium style. Uh, not at all, actually. Uh, maybe like um, in the barrage with Arthur, we're trying to have like a, a little Belgium style. A little that's bit. true, a little bit. Right to, but like when we make uh, white ales, trying to develop like, yeah, like a white... Um, um, Red Fever or Pedro, like to like, like stuff like you know, like a bit like uh, what can I say? Um, that's true, yeah. I was too, I was too, I was too fast. No, but like, yeah, this is like, I think the only European like stuff that we are doing is to play with uh, the barrel, uh, like uh, with the white ale, um, like the kind of like something like a good lambic style, so it's gonna be like more the, the style that we're gonna play, but uh, you know, like staples and regular beer. No, we are not in like uh, Belgium style or uh, even like uh, like French saison. We don't do. We used to. We used to uh, before, I don't know, but uh, yeah, not anymore. Okay. Uh, what about stuff like is it um, beer de gare? Well, which one? The white. Yo, I remember when we back in the in the before times when we used to go places and do things, when we used to do podcasts of breweries, that was my the funniest part was there's just random noises from just shit that happens in breweries. It's uh 
I, I missed that. So that was actually really nice to hear some just random words. Thank you. Um, <laughs> is um, a bière de garde, isn't that a French style? Yeah, uh, it's totally uh, a French uh, French style for the uh, even the north of France. Okay. Uh, but basically, yeah, uh, the concept is pretty easy. It's like uh, usually it's also like um, so it's beer that you're gonna make and uh, so I used to I did a collaboration actually with a a French brewery when I was at Bandit uh, my first two years uh, with page twenty four. It's called and they are like very specialized in uh, in beer de garde. And uh, yeah, basically, uh, it's called patient for because they are like doing their beer with fermenting at 24 degrees for 24 days. And uh, they keep the name for like that. But uh, yeah, like uh, beer to beer, it's like something that you're going to age in a bottle at a specific temperature. And you're going you're gonna to make it age basically a bit. But it's, yeah, like a regular beer, like uh, nothing sour, nothing. But like very good style from North of France, like very, very, very popular. What what would you compare it to? Like I, I've had them a bunch, but I can't even think. Is it kind of like a Vienna Lager or something, or is it like? Because I know it's like copper or amber. No, it's not going to be like a lager style. It's going to be more like a, so. It's going to be an ale for sure. Um, I will compare it uh, as a, like strong blonde ale. Hmm, okay, I would say that a uh, strong blonde ale. Yeah, like. Uh, that's very like very famous in North of France. Like people uh, love to drink like uh, uh, like strong beer, like at least like eight percent, eight point five. So like three carmelites. Uh, there is stuff like Greenberg again, like stuff uh, very very popular, like uh, beer d'abbaye. Uh, they are very also popular in North of France. I know the level of blanc uh, triples, triples. The, uh, the CBO in Northern France. It's only that, only triple. Yeah, only triple. So looks a lot of strong beer. Left is very popular also in North of France. Hmm. Uh, yeah, there is a ton of different beer, but like usually it's like strong blonde ale that uh, North of people and some people like to drink. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I couldn't remember. No, have you had those before? I haven't. No, I've just uh, no. No. Yeah, they're um, they're not super common in Ontario. I used to find them here a lot when I was sort of discovering yeah. beer, like early twenty teens type of thing. I just see them a lot. Just they they would do a lot of French imports and stuff here sometimes. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty rare in Toronto. I don't know in Quebec, but uh, yeah, I know here like the only one basically like that you can find is only Left Brune and Left Blonde. Uh, then like uh, that's pretty much everything. Yeah, it's very, very difficult, yeah. No, that makes um, sense. I was just curious in case the, uh, like, the French stuff, like, you know, it was just, it's very interesting that you guys just happened to be both, you guys didn't know each other before, like, you didn't know each other in France, right? No. So it worked out pretty well. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We used to live on the same street by, uh, by accident. <laughs> we didn't know that. We, we knew you that after, work. but uh, <clears throat> to live in the street in Toronto, in Toronto. Okay, okay. That's close enough. That's close enough. But before, before to start at Bandit, so it was pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> no, it's very That's cool. But <clears throat> I guess that, uh, would you guys say that there's something that you could do in future that would bring it in, or there's nothing really that you could think of in the French, maybe cuisine or like, you know, interesting foods that, or, or, or just flavor profiles that maybe we're not used to here that you could introduce into beer? 
to bring that in? No, I want to, yes, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a foie yeah, gras um, stout or something. Like, the only thing we could have from France, honestly, uh, beer wise, it's not really our yeah. taste. Right. But uh, like when I was said, what we are doing, like with a, uh, like a Bernard beer, like a video in fruit, it's more like a Belgian influenced, but that's something I really, really love. No, it's not even something like we like sour ale or white ale. You know, when you're a teenager, you don't drink this kind of beer. So we, even when we both left right. France, I guess we were kind of well, you know, too too young. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but to, yeah. to drink this kind of. I, I didn't know, but no, I didn't know. Like, you know, just uh, like, uh, my first one was in. Just about continue. Yeah. I never heard about that when yeah. I was living in, uh, in, uh, in France. Right. I mean, look, that makes a lot of sense because when we left Australia, we weren't drinking fire ass craft beers. Yeah. Yeah. They were pretty, pretty standard stuff. Um, did you, I guess, like the beers, the only reason I'm, it made me think of this now, we did a podcast with um, the dude from, the master brewer from Rodenbach, like a year or two ago. And he was saying like in Belgium, I mean, he's like 60 or something, but he was saying in Belgium, they actually grew up just drinking like Rodenbach, like that it was just around. So I, wow. was there like, did you? The beers that you guys were drinking as a teenager, I imagine in France would be potentially different to what we were drinking in Australia or here in Canada. Like, were you, was there like the Belgian beers around? Or what was the deal there? <clears throat> yeah, but when you look at it now, I would say it was what we what we thought was very uh, specialist beer. It was a kind of mainstream. Like, we used to like, uh, no, left, different party, you drink left. But left is like, it's a, it's a huge company. All the, they could do with a, like a shoof, yeah. Shoof, it's like a. Truth, yeah. but, but, mm. well, it's kind of a small, kind of a smaller brewery. Yeah. Uh, but that's how deep in you, know, you you would go, I guess. Everything like a Cortillon. Also, it's it's too it's too expensive. So, uh, mm. It's too expensive. Anyway, even if you learn about it, it's kind of a kind of pricey. Yeah. yeah. And you would you like it? So the first time I had Rodenbach, it was on a bag trip in Belgium, and I hated it. I thought, it's horrible. It's a horrible beer. <laughs> Like, no, no, I, I love it, but the first time I had it, I yeah. hated it. Yeah, yeah it's uh, to, to get in this style. Like, I mean, um, if you like beer and you're in craft and uh, you are used to drink beer, you're good. But if someone like doesn't know anything and wants to try like his first beer and you give him like a Duchesse de Bourgogne or Cantillon or Odenbach, he's gonna say, What the hell? Like, <laughs> but it's like uh, giving a like whiskey or wine to a kid, like, it's like. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. That's a good episode name. Whiskey or whiskey to a child. I love it. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm sorry to go on about the French shit. I, I, I just just curious because it's not very often we get to talk to two dudes from France and Canada doing north american beers right it's very interesting um yeah. speaking of that thing also because like uh, as i said i like, just to fin finish on that uh, yeah so we used to drink also like strong beer as i said like eight percent and 0.5 from like the other bay and stuff like that like after game greenberg and left and uh, but now it's changing a bit like the scene is changing mm, yeah uh, my brother like little brother is still in france and uh, the ipa scene is starting to also uh, Come, come through the Europe and France, so it's changing. I'm very curious to to go back and see what's happening now. But uh, yeah, IPA and sour are starting to grow a lot in France. Mm. Uh, it's like probably like they are like six years uh, like behind. 
Yeah, six years in advance compared to them, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. starting to be like a big trend. Interesting. Yeah, I've heard that are um, that a few countries are starting to really pick up, and I heard Rome in Italy is a good place. And I did hear that like France is starting to have more beer bars, and there's more interest in craft beer in the way that we yeah. see it here in North America. Because I guess mm. none of us here are from Canada, so you know it's, yeah. it's um it's been an it's an interesting to watch the like speaking from what you're talking about you know me and notion have been here for 10 and a half years so similar time to you guys and watching australian craft beer which is probably maybe not six years behind but it's behind but it's catching up really fast because of the internet mm. you know because like there are people that well before the last year like people were traveling and they're coming to the states and they say oh wow and they're coming back and then now they're all starting to do the type of stuff pretty much about the same time as we are. I don't, when I was there last year. the same model as North America? Are they starting to make new uh, and IPAs, everything? Or are they doing oh, different things? Or? In Australia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were doing it. Yeah. They're, they're not as good as us here. Like, it's definitely not the same level. Like, it would, it would be behind Canada for sure. But they, uh, you know, they were doing brute IPAs. They're doing oat cream. They're doing milkshakes. They're doing all the things that we have here. Like they're doing them, you know, imperial stouts, and they're doing some some cre. You know what's interesting though? They're doing creative shit that I haven't seen over here. Like say they're recreating um, uh, candy bars or ice creams or something like that. Also, the yeah, like the desserts, like the gay time stout, cakes, lamington stuff. Like they're doing that a lot more that I, I don't see that as, as much over here. So it's like they're innovating in a different way, but they're still mm. following the trends of North America, but yeah. a little behind. So when I was there last, in, I went 2016, 18, and 19, since we've lived here, I've only been back three times. And um, we're supposed to go last year right as, as all this stuff happened. And... Um, they were every every time I went back, they were getting better and better, and I was like, "Wow, okay!" Like it was very interesting to see that that change. But they, um, I think it's 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 exciting to watch from over here, being further ahead and being seen. Progression, yeah, doing, yeah. Be like, "All right, good on you guys!" Like they're doing they're doing good, but yeah, they they still got a ways to go. But it's it's cool to see. So I hope it's the same in France too. Um, yeah. On that note, should we grab the net? Yeah, that's all. Cool. Just keep it going. Hey, it's called Ned. Thank you. So, uh, let's talk about let's talk about Uncle Ned. What's going on with this bad boy? Uncle Ned. <laughs> oh shit! This artwork is fantastic. Straya. Yeah. Fuck! I didn't Ned Kelly, mate. Talk there it is. It. And this artwork is fantastic across the board. Uh, yeah, you, maybe you can talk about uh, who who was Ned uh, from Australia, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you cheeky bugger. Oh, this, is, this is what we learned about in school. So Ned Kelly is a bush ranger and he was a uh, an armed robber. He's an outlaw, mate. An outlaw in the 1800s. The most famous outlaw, yeah. And this thing was his helmet. He used to rob people wearing this shit. He, he forged his own forged his own armor out of steel yep. and robbed banks and, and he couldn't get uh, shot by the police. Yeah. And he robbed people in the street. He went out Strong and robbed people. Glory. Blazer Probably headbutted people helmet. with his steel helmet. He was a bloody legend. It's really funny because that's what they talk about a lot. Um, why the hell did you guys call this beer Ned? Because that is awesome. I didn't even look that's at it. so this. fantastic. That's so cool. 
Uh, we wanted to, to, because we have a double IPA series uh, that's due, a of double IPA, and we wanted to expand a little bit, try more hop variations, like maybe uh, two or three or four hop. And uh, just a brainstorming about an idea, but well, what can we make as a series? And, and someone suggested to, oh, we should make a series about uh, bandits. It's what I call uh, bandits. And, uh, ah. so, yeah, so we have a series of uh, bandits coming for yeah. double IPAs with a uh, three hop song. That's, That's the first so one of the series. Fun, yeah. No shit. That's awesome. Yo, I really should pay more attention to the um, to the labels because I didn't even notice that. That is so sick. I love that. <laughs> so this is the first one in the new series. That's the first one. Yes. And what made you choose uh, Ned Kelly? Uncle Ned. Uncle Ned. <laughs> That's so uh, sick, man. Very specific... Uh, Look or mask that's very recognizable. So it's like, uh, yeah, like uh, it's pretty fun. It's uh, oh, so I think the one of the first name who came uh, well, uh, restaurant manager, because we were brainstorming with a couple of people from the brewery. You know, yeah, restaurant manager Jacob came up with the uh, I think he came up with the concept, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, it's cool. he knew and he didn't know about Ned Kelly, he knew about, about Ned Kelly, so he suggested that. Yeah, you're like, that's uh, that's. I think you grew up also in Australia, can you? Not sure. <laughs> no, I think so. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Surprise, there's no galaxy in this one. <laughs> <laughs> you think this would, be, this would be the one to have galaxy in it, you know, with Uncle Ned on the on the front? Yeah. That's true. Doesn't That's even awesome. Have I love that, though. Uh, <laughs> we don't know what's starting on the upside. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. So we've got Sabro, Mosaic, and Belma. I mean, I yeah. guess you could have put like all Australian hops, but then, like, if you're gonna next try time. next time, but if you were trying to match it. all the hops, yeah, exactly, it's too hard. It'd be too hard to do that consistently. Yeah, so, too obvious. Yeah, wait, yeah. too obvious and too hard. So this has Sabro, Mosaic, and Belma. Belma is something you don't see yeah. uh, too often. Um, to, what's what's the, what's the deal with Belma? What's the deal with that? Oh, man, interesting. So basically, like. Um, Oh, I'm just going to... Mosaic, of course, is going to give you like a bit of uh, piney and resinous flavor in the beer. Uh, Sabro, uh, tropical and coconut, of course. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's going to be like more like red fruit and berry. Okay. Uh, so it's something that you can find like more in the, uh, in the aroma. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so these three hops, I think um, I played with that uh, so. Uh, we are also doing like a milkshake series, and I played with these three hops to do like a milkshake uh, with mango, and it was like just perfect and juicy. And I said like uh, we can maybe like improve the recipe and uh, start the, uh, the this new series with these three hops because it was like very nice and uh, so yeah, like a uh, lot of different flavor inside, like very nice, like super flavorful. Uh, yeah, and, and even like a bit complex, like to, to find like all this aroma flavor, but it's very interesting, very very interesting. Yeah. Yo, this is there's really a lot good. to it. It goes on forever, man. The flavor doesn't doesn't die away at all. It's nice and bold. Ooh. Really it's got good mouthfeel. Got some balls. Yeah, man. It's definitely like super, like tons of flavor, but nice. Um, tons. I love that, like that chalkiness that that uh, you kind of get in New England. I always look yeah. for that. There's no like hot burn or anything. Um, yeah, no. this is really, really fantastic, man. Really I really enjoy how much the resin kind of sparks through, but it's not like it doesn't linger and it's not too much. It's just like all oh, there. The piney is like 
It's piney, resinous, sits around for a while, and just kind of tapers off. It's really nice because some people uh, don't enjoy that sort of flavor to it. So this is, it's really, it's balanced well again, like the other two. So. Yeah, but uh, working on the body of the team is also very important for trying to uh, to fix like some target on each different style and series, and uh, so that's pretty like it's a lot of work. But we want to have like different body for our different style and uh, of course different series. So yeah, we are working and paying a lot of sort of attention for this kind of detail because it's uh, I think it's uh, the body is also very like it's a big part of the enjoying a beer, so you have to taste the flavor, but also the body is super important. Yeah, so. basically all our double draw hop IPAs have a rather high uh, yeah, specific gravity, and uh, except juice bug, that's just a, like a regular IPA, but all double draw hot water, but targeting like a 1016, 10, 10-15 at least. So Yeah, this one is a bit higher, so we want to yeah. play with the body of the beer, it's uh, I think very important. No, this is this is great, guys. I really like it. Um, ben, you were touching on the milkshake. That was something I was thinking about earlier. Is that you guys were one of the first breweries, I would argue, in um, Ontario to really like move towards the milkshake IPA trend. I want to say you guys were on top of it back in 2017. Is that is that yeah. true? Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, so I came up with a recipe uh, from a homebrew, basically, and uh, we try a small batch here, Stefan and. Uh, at the time, she said, like, uh, say, oh, it's good product, let's do it. And uh, we did a, a huge ton of different variation uh, from mango to peach uh, to uh, vanilla, chocolate, uh, like all the fruit that you can basically find. Like uh, every month was a different fruit and flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we had, like a small break, like for a year. And uh, since I came back, <laughs> I said, okay, this guy, I'm back. Uh, we have to. So we do the series, I improve the recipe, and um, yeah, like I think it's going to be the third batch since I'm here, but we did like a, a mango, uh, something mango, like people are like just craving, like asking for it, because yeah, not too many breweries currently are doing uh, like or brewing this style anymore. Uh, it's pretty rare, I think there is maybe two or three in Ontario doing that. Uh, we say like maybe Flying Monkey is doing that, uh, and Bellwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like very interesting style. I love to work with fruit, with flavor. Of course, also uh, this lactose to give like a, a nice body. And, uh, yes, team lactose. Uh, also, we changed also. The, in the meantime, I think we improved quite a lot the dry hopping process. Yeah, I know the milkshake IPAs are really like a like almost all dry hopped IPAs. I said they have a lot of hops. That's a double dry hopped IPA. There is a lot of hops too. Yeah, and, uh, and just huge amount of fruit and body and. Uh, and I'm playing also like in the recipe with uh, the easiness. Uh, we're using pectin also, very important. Um, yeah, so it's pretty hard. Like a lot of stuff to manage. Like uh, very like pay attention to the temperature, uh, the amount of lactose and pectin. But uh, very interesting style. Uh, it's like very uh, like a dessert beer uh, to be honest. Uh, very fruity, big body. So. But yeah, it's good. Uh, people really like it. Uh, they are always ask for it. And uh, I think the new one is going to be a... Uh, I think we have a peach mango, but we're going to change for next time. We're going to do like a spicy pineapple cayenne. So I want to try that. Yes. Yeah. Super interesting. Why do you guys yeah. think that... like, Because milkshake IPAs, when they came to Canada, I think in early 2017, 
and then they were popping for a while. Like that was like that was like my shit for the longest time. And then I feel like they kind of like they used to get people really mad. People were pissed about um, milkshake IPAs because of the lactose and all that. Having stuff. fun beers. Yeah, like who? Well, like everyone was just being like fun police about them. So I used to get. We started a Twitter account called Team Lactose just to talk about lactose beers and promote it. And we, we post you guys a lot because you guys always do fantastic uh, um, milkshakes. And then I feel like over the last, I don't know, year or so, maybe, they kind of slowed down a bit. My only thought of that was it was the smoothie sours that kind of took over because they're more intense. Because before that, like milkshake IPAs were always really fruity, really thick, like, you know, they were they were intense, but now it feels like the smoothies were taking over. But I, I want to see milkshakes back. Like, do you, why do you, you want a resurgence? Think, yeah, exactly. Why do you guys <clears> think <throat> that maybe people weren't like the, that? Not even people weren't asking for it because I think they were. But why do you think breweries stopped making them? And you guys stopped making them, I guess, because you because you left then. But like overall, like uh, what what do you guys think happened there? Hmm. Oh, no, I, honestly, I don't know. Honestly, it's. Uh, Said, uh, people, people like people like it. Eh? Yeah. People keep. Uh, personally, it's not my job. But to be honest, <laughs> I, I live in Chicago. <laughs> I say. But even though when I'm doing the day, I'm in the bottle shop. Many when we relaunched the uh, Chicago, people kept asking about it uh, like yeah. more than any beer. Surprisingly. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm also managing wow. like delivery and everywhere, and uh, it's like when I'm placing like seeing the order and everything, it's like every like package, every order, like mid check, mid check, mid check. So I think like, uh, yeah, um, I think breweries are like um, following trends. Uh, we had like, uh, also I don't know if you remember, but two years ago, like uh, the, the Brute IPA, which like <laughs> not, everybody, not everybody, like no one is doing it anymore. So I think breweries are following the trend. Like now as you say, like maybe we have like, you know, like this uh, new Trend like uh, marshmallow sour IPA with uh, spice and stuff like so. That we may make. <laughs> maybe we're gonna make it soon. Yeah. But like, I think it's just a trend, and uh, it's just maybe like uh, we had like one of the best recipe in town, and uh, people are just asking hey. for it. So, and uh, we're <laughs> doing it for. So we are just uh, yeah, uh, doing it for them, and uh, we love to brew this style, and uh, I know our customers love it, so. Why not? Uh, I want to keep it. Um, uh, let's do it. So. I love it. I reckon it sounds more like a summer thing, I guess, too, right? Like people want those fruity uh, type of beers for the summer. Yeah. Is that the interest, maybe? Yeah, sure. Even if we're doing like, nowadays, uh, we're trying to, to work with like a seasonal food, of course, but uh, yeah, it's also like part of a food to beer that. Because we're mostly like have IPA, we don't put fruit in our IPA. Uh, we have like a sour stories also. But other than that, we don't have like too, too much fruit in our beer. So I think it's also like a nice style to play with the fruit. And uh, mm. like, I, like, yeah, everybody like fruit in beer, like especially in summertime or like, you know, for dessert beer. So yeah, it's like we need to make beer for everyone and uh, for every specific time. So yeah. Yeah, now that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> speaking of summertime, uh, Shasta One, One is a legend. One is uh, takes care of the band at social media. Um, 
such a such a great <laughs> hey, there he is hey, hey. Juan needs a, a round of applause right there hey. um he was just mentioning earlier that there's good news in ontario or at least toronto in that you guys are allowed you guys are opening your patio tomorrow which is crazy because we haven't had breweries open in montreal i can't i reckon since like september or october so even like going to a place like that is out of my mind. What, what's happening out there now? What's the deal? <laughs> I don't really know about it today, like, yeah, like two sure. hours ago, three hours ago. <laughs> so, uh, but it's good. We still have our, like, our chef in house, our restaurant manager in house every day. So, uh, so that's, we, yeah, we're going to reopen a very cautious way, like, uh, like, yeah, like uh, in a safe way, a uh, reasonable way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like you're allowed to. And is this all like for breweries and restaurants with actual? <laughs> no, we should, be, we should be okay to reopen. Uh, but in the meantime, we're also like doing a bit of uh, renovation, trying to to improve like our uh, patio, uh, make it like uh, even better than before. Uh, I don't know if Stefan wants to talk about. It. I think he's the the guy. To... Yeah, no, very. We're trying to make it uh, more weatherproof, and um, so we're trying to make a couple, a couple of small changes on the, on the patio. To uh, be able to use it a bit more than what we do right now, so yeah, people will, will see. It's going to be uh, to be nice. It's going to be already like maybe like in a month, yeah. Oh, there is uh, one. It's done. <laughs> Ross is coming. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ross is coming. <laughs> oh, but, uh, there is nothing. <laughs> no, there is nothing. Oh, what do you oh, mean? The comment. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Ross. Uh, sorry. Who does <laughs> <laughs> the connection? Oh, okay. Are we back? We good? We're back. We're back. Right. We're back. Okay. So Tiffany's saying one is the best. Yeah, yeah everyone, everyone loves one. God damn it. Um, no, you were saying. Sorry. No, I'm not I was just saying um, with Go. with the uh, the breweries and the restaurants with an actual designated patio area, is is it just you guys that are open? Because there's other. Is that not the uh, there's another set of rules for other restaurants to have patios open? Is this for just designated the like areas that you have on your property? Every like patios allowed to open that has their own? Yeah, we honestly, we don't know. Uh, we just yeah, saw like uh, patios are allowed to open tomorrow. That's pretty much yeah, a couple yeah. hours. We don't know the specifics. So, um, I, don't, I know it's going to be a nice uh, weekend here. Uh, it's going to be sunny. It's going to be warm. Exactly. So, yeah, I might have to come down for a beer tomorrow. They want to, outside, they want to meet. They want to have a beer. And uh, yeah, we're well, just... Doing our best, we're gonna probably work all night and uh, all the morning tomorrow to to be ready. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just want to to please our customer, and uh, it's it's very important for us. So and stay safe and stay safe, and of stay course. Safe. Yeah. So keep like uh, keep all the rules and the distanciation. Uh, but yeah, like uh, we just yeah, we want to to open to. Because uh, we're also like receiving a lot of phone call and email already to say like, hey, can I book a table for tomorrow? Even so, in the past week or two weeks, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. can I get yeah, It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. So yeah. People are excited. We'll see how it goes. Uh, we won't have too, too much information, uh, but uh, we'll be open tomorrow from noon to eight. So if you want to join us. <laughs> hey, that's what I want to hear. Check out the back. Yeah, the sun's going to be shining, mate. So, yes. you know. So yes. should we, I, I don't want to keep pushing the beers along, but I want to make sure that we still finish on time and uh, get through as many. So which one are we doing next, boys? Uh, 
Perfect. So this was one of the uh that came out of one of the barrels behind you there. There we go. Look at that. Very cool labels. <laughs> so this is elements number seven, a barrel aged wild ale with cherries. Yes. It's uh, pino and uh, cherries. Nice. I love it. I love it. What kind of cherry? Oh my god. What kind of cherries? Uh, I think we, uh, yeah, we have white salad cherry. Okay. Yeah. Very pretty color. So it's bottle condition, so you should find some yeast at the end. Love it. <laughs> oh my gosh, it smells amazing. Oh my god. Let's take a photo. Uh, in the summer, we can have like, uh, as Stefan likes to say, like, uh, this, 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 the blue cheese coming blue through. Cheese. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Blue cheese on the nose. Yeah. Very, blue very cheese on French. the nose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> very French, exactly. Wow. We love okay. to put blue cheese on our <laughs> <laughs> So this is, uh, <laughs> when you're saying elements number seven, this is a, like, it's like a, you're doing different blends of the barrels with different fruits. And there's obviously yeah. a, a whole bunch of them that you've done. Um, yeah, tell, tell us. Mean, the elements is just basically a, a blend of barrels that can be uh, anything, but that also far mostly uh, a blend of spirits. But um, elements because of like a blending elements. I like it. So yeah, it's uh, basically a blend of different barrels. Um, and uh, sometimes also with adjunct like this one with uh, the white salad cherry. Um, so yeah, this one uh, was bottle condition like uh, I think end of the year. Okay. Uh, so pretty nice carbonation, nice body, nice flavor. Uh, you have, yeah. Uh, it's quite sour. It's what? quite a bright red color yeah. for. Uh, it's it's amazing how much that comes through. It's beautiful. I kind of can't wait to see that in the sunshine. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Woo. So very complex. Uh, wow. This There's so much going on. Uh, funkiness is coming through also. Uh, very complex beer. Nice flavor. Like something that you have to sleep like very slowly and uh, very enjoy every sip of it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very Fact. very it's like very nice. Wine wine for sure mm. yeah it's only 6.4 so yeah it's, uh, it's part of our say of barrel age uh we have different so we're gonna try after the long wave we have also the meadow uh meadow is usually also so with fruit uh but only blending the same style uh then we have the hibernator which is imperial style that we're using uh, mostly like in uh like end of the year so like for like the the holiday time. Um, we don't have like two, three new series uh, like uh, Ninzu. 
Nimzo. Nimzo, Nimzo, yeah. Nimzo is going to be new. Uh, we're going to have Le Duc. Le Duc is going to be part of a Flanders series. So, only like Flanders. So, part of the Belgium, French. Ooh, yeah. I'm trying also to differentiate beer a little bit because uh, if uh, we notice that if people, uh, we don't say the sound on the, like, let's say, elements, like a barrel age uh, blend, could be like uh, any kind of blend. And people don't like sour, they say, okay, they don't like it. And uh, so we are trying to be more specific about uh, what, well, what taste customers can, can expect. So the way I just sour should be like, it should sour, I should say, quite obviously, that it's sour. Yeah, you have to say we are maybe a petit, uh, mistake with uh, the long wave, like we start to do like a quad. Because long wave, basically, we're going to talk about that after, but um, we want to keep like the, the number of the barrel, so each barrel has a number. And we want yeah. to say like single barrel, no adjunct and straight, and uh, put just the number of the barrel on the, on the, on the label. Okay. Um, so for example, it's a barrel 20, we're going to put like long wave 20.1, so first version of the, the barrel 20. But so it can be like a quad or a barley wine or a golden sour, and people who are coming back a month after to have a new long wave, like with a different number, they're going to be a bit lost, like they're going to think like it's the same style as before, but basically we went from a sour to a barley wine and it's very, it's kind of a bit confusing. So that's why we want to have like specific like a label and name for like different style now that we're going to make. So it's going to be like more simple and uh, at least like customers are going to be like, okay, I know this is sour, this is not because yeah. Because this kind of beer also like it's very specific. Like it's, uh, I won't say it's not for everybody. I, I, I wish that everybody can love this. Sure, if you don't know like beers, that's you. you but uh, it. yeah, it's very complex. Very something that very different. Like some stuff that you can order in a regular place. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, you have to specify, and that's why also we are paying a lot of attention to like uh, our bottle stuff staff to train them and they try the beer and explain to the customer. It's very important to to be on the same page everywhere. So yeah. This is definitely an advanced person's beer. You can't yeah. play around with this one. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm definitely yeah. getting that like chewy mouthfeel. I don't know how else to describe yeah. it, but that, I love that in a barrel aged sour that it feels like you're going to like, you just feel it all across your mouth. And it's like a nice balance. Uh, blue cheese. Hey. <laughs> blue cheese. Blue cheese. <laughs> <laughs> blue cheese in the mouth. <laughs> it's all blue cheese all around my teeth and gums. Yeah. Whole way through. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Incredible. nice and funky. Like the the did you say it was sour so cherries fun. or wild cherries? Wild sour cherries. Yeah. Wild sour cherries. It's gonna make wild sure I take that note correctly. Though. So I'm definitely getting a lot of the. Um, it's a little bit of uh, earthiness that comes it, from that. Mm. Go on, Nosh. Mm. Makes you kind of gleek and like salivate because there's so much like juiciness and acidity mm. to it. But it kind of makes you salivate in a nice way. It's like, oh shit! Like it makes your tongue get excited. Yes. You know? Acidity. That's it's insane. Right. Mad, mad levels to it. But it's like. But yeah, it's a, right. a nice acidity. It's not spiky. It's like mm. it's inviting. It's kind of got that zing to it, but then it tapers off to flavor. Yes. It's great. That's a great way to describe it. I feel like it's definitely acidic, but it's not over the top. And I feel like you could. This is a type of beer that maybe on paper is kind of scary for people, but like if you gave yes. this to like a white wine drinker, they would be like, "What the fuck? Love this it. is amazing!" Like, you know? this is yeah, you know, you probably blow their mind. Yeah, I really think uh, yeah. such similarities to wine. Yeah, mm. this is great. 
Like red for sure. Uh, teenage, like for um, I think it was seven months in a Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon. That's it. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so wine uh, barrels. Yeah, wine barrels. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, do you feel like um, do you feel like some of those wine characters are coming through? Maybe it's a little bit tannic. Yeah, for sure, a bit tannic. Um, I would say like. Um, also, it's a bit rocky. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? Flavor of acidity, it's tough. Too. <laughs> it's also <laughs> tough, but uh, it's here. Um, I remember before adding the cherry, like uh, it was like like much more rocky and tannic for sure. Uh, but mm. with the time, of course, cherry and the sourness is taking over everything. So, but it's very enjoyable. Like if you're like into sour beer and funky beer, it's just perfect. So. Yeah, man. This is really yeah. good. Also, yeah, most often for all the beers that have a lot of bacteria in them, like uh, some uh, bread and video, we don't use uh, the third generation of barrels. We want to pick up mostly the, the taste, the flavor of the of the spirit of the wine before. So you wait. Nice. If you do a lot of uh, yeah, bacteria, it's going to be like the second and third generation. It will pick up less of the initial uh, liquid flavor and uh, from, the, from the oak tour. So, yeah, but it's not you want to highlight the, the sourness and the, the bacteria. I'm definitely not getting too much oak, but I, I do love the idea that a beer that's uh, a wild sour cherry goes into Pinot or whatever it was like red wine yeah. barrels. Uh, it, yeah. it makes so much sense, it's perfect. I love that. This is fantastic, guys. I really feel yeah, all those like, flavors play together really nicely. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I didn't realize how good you guys were with this uh, with the barrel, the barrel and stuff. I feel like. Do you feel like you guys are underrated in this world as far as like barrel aged beer is oh. concerned? <laughs> God damn it! That's what we're here for. We're letting people know. No question. Thank <laughs> you. But this is this is brilliant, man. This is like really, really great. Like everything about wow. this is, is fantastic. And I just gave it to gave some to Tiff, who's our producer, and she's a big, uh, you know, she's a wine uh, content creator as well. And she's like, yo, like this is like her jam. Um, and and it's like it just really it's beautiful. It's really well done. I feel like I don't one might even remember one. Did we drink any barrel aged beers back in twenty eighteen? We had a quad, didn't we? Is that barrel aged? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think you had the quad. Yeah, I think yeah. you may have had the quad. Okay. But it was like you guys weren't doing. <laughs> no, it's going to be running on. Buddy went. Buddy went. It tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, like that's like, it's it's very, very cool to see, you know, even from back then, like you said, you had eight barrels now to 55, and then and tasting this mm. quality of, um, Barrel aged sour. It's very, very cool, guys. So I feel like you guys are really known for the the milkshake. I feel like you guys definitely got a lot of, um, I, you know, popularity, I guess, because of that. Um, also, the, your you know New England IPAs are, are fantastic. You know, it's really you guys are really owning. You guys are for people who don't know, like you guys are in an area of Toronto called Roncesvalles, which is like there's not really any other breweries around there. You guys are the only one, right? Oh yeah, basically like we have uh, if you can say them, but we have Anderson also like uh, close to us. Then mm -hmm. uh, like near us is gonna be thank you. Hello a bit further. Hello a bit further, Burdock, Indy, okay. Indy. Yeah, hello, hello, Burdock. Yeah. 
Okay, so you guys are yeah. just outside of the junction. Are you guys in the junction or it's like just next no. to, right? Next to. Next to, yeah. Yeah, South that's what Seattle. I thought. Okay. So like you guys South are the, it, yeah. the only one in that area and stuff. So it's, it's it's very cool to see that, you know, and you guys started in what year? Was it 2016 or 15? 2016. 16. 15? 16, sorry. 16, okay. 16. Okay. One of those. Says, says. Okay. So the. <laughs> Makes me feel like in my home now, you know, with, with the French. I love it. I love it. Um, no, it's really cool to see. I mean, look, that this five years. You guys must be coming up on five years. Have you had a have you guys five year anniversary soon? Yeah. Are yeah. Doing something? yeah. What's going on? Yeah. What's popping? Yeah. <laughs> One has no, the answers. Well, like in depending of the COVID situation, of course. Of course uh, yeah. So it's kind of weird to celebrate a uh, anniversary in the middle of. Yeah, the, we, we don't want to like bring a bigger to like a big party during this time, and like I mean, we love to do that, of course, but it's not safe to do it. Uh, so. We'll have a new beer. We yeah, we're gonna have a new beer. We're gonna try to have like a specific uh, menu or so. Like, a uh, yeah, safe celebration. Or... <laughs> but yeah, like uh, it's it's frustrating because we love to like uh, have like uh, two hundred people here and uh, drinking and enjoying and uh, a good time, of course. But uh, we both know that's not gonna happen, unfortunately. So yeah, so we're working on uh, we're gonna do like uh, for sure like uh, a new beer release, a specific like uh, special five years. Uh, the chef is gonna um, do something depending also the COVID situation. If we can do like maybe a pop up or like something like that, and um, yeah, we're gonna also offer like uh, like some like some stuff for like our customer, like uh, or like uh, register on like uh, on the website, like the newsletter, so like some discount and everything like that. So for them, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's hard to plan during this time, of course. Uh, so, yeah. When uh, when yeah. is the five years? Is it the summer? Uh, it's uh, mid April. Five uh, years, April. Oh shit, yeah. April. Oh, yeah, so okay. it's like oh, in the Russia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. If we can, I'm gonna have like a new a new party for them. There's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a nice gift. Mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. <laughs> a whole brand new patio. Exactly. Okay. That's gonna be for yeah. Okay, so that's that's pretty dope that you're able to do that. At least you can do some beer releases and stuff anyway. I, have you guys yeah. been able to – I don't want to go on too much about the COVID stuff, but obviously everybody had to pivot and do some changes. Were you able to – because you have a kitchen, were you able to sell beer to go and um, food to go and stuff like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can go, I can go. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, uh, so, as uh, Stefan said, we still have our chef in the house. So, nice. uh, we're still uh, working, of course, with a uh, like, delivery company, uh, also like pickup uh, regarding the food and uh, for the beer. So, yeah, like the bottle shop is still open. Uh, we're doing um, seven days a week, uh, to, like GTA, uh, Toronto delivery. Uh, and also like twice a week a long delivery so like for example this week we went to uh, the Barry region and uh, Hamilton uh, next week we're going to Ottawa uh, so if people from Ottawa are listening to us uh, we're coming to, to you next week uh, Ottawa, Kingston and Belleville and um, so yeah that's, that was the plan so yeah bottle shop delivery ground shipping of course uh, 
And yeah, uh, doing the mudmore, of course, we're not kegging anymore. We are just focusing on canning and bottling. Um, so, and also like, we're also like selling uh, like quite a lot to some licensee outside of Toronto. So asking um, like our beer, like in Ottawa, in Sudbury, uh, kind of everywhere in Ontario. So that's very interesting and uh, very exciting too. So, yeah. I really like that you guys are doing that. Like. It's not really happening here in Quebec um, that you guys are able, you know, different licensees, so like the beer bars and stuff like that, are able to buy beers from breweries and then sell the packaged beer on to, to customers to keep them going. So it keeps the breweries going, it keeps the licensees going. In the meantime, I think that's just such a really cool program that uh, Ontario does. Yeah. And particularly, like I got a good one of our uh, part of BOS. Nathan does beer. He's in. Uh, he's our blogger, and he's in Ottawa. So he's been able. I know he's had a lot of beers that you guys have done. I think because like Domin- Dominion City does it. And I think different places out there and Bar Lupulus are selling a lot of like they're bringing the Toronto breweries up uh, up there as well. Like you know, and I think that's really cool because it just allows different people to get a taste of something different. Access to it. Yeah, and it's really cool, and it keeps the breweries in people's minds, um, you know, through all of this until they can travel again or have access on tap and stuff like that. So, it's it's very cool. I think that's uh, it's kind of exciting. It's like you know, when life is pretty not exciting anymore, the most exciting shit is getting beer from somewhere else you can't normally get beer from. Delivered to your door is the most exciting part. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that. um, Yeah. That's very exciting. It's uh, of course a lot of work, uh, of course, yeah. a bit team of the and uh, but it's very exciting because uh, we are receiving a lot of good review and people are, like customer, very happy customers. So uh, we are working for that too, like make them happy and uh, that's make us like uh, like give it to me and the team like a lot of uh, happiness and motivation. So it's very important also. Uh, because we're also like making beer for customers and of course like the beer that we like but uh, we also want to, to be there to be here for them so yeah it's a very very nice to hear and people say oh thank you so much like the service is amazing the beer are great and uh, so yeah it's uh, give you like a goosebump it's, it's nice I like that awesome <laughs> yeah man that makes me happy and it's really cool yeah I think it's just uh, it's it's a small thing in a, in a time when everybody you know doesn't really know what's going on um, you know to be able to have access to, to something as maybe inconsequential as beer really is a big thing for for a lot of people so it's cool that you guys are making sure that you're traveling to different places making sure that people at Barry and Ottawa and different places have access to your to your stuff because you know it, it it's definitely them- a nice way to treat yourself Hundred percent. I think yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's. Super I wish super. we can in Montreal, but uh, it's a bit tricky. But uh, yeah. maybe I wish we could. Yo, <laughs> it's. Uh, I wish it wasn't. Do you know what I, f- I found out recently? And I was talking to Juan about this. So Canada federally passed a legislation that everybody in Canada, all the provinces, are legally allowed to ship beer between every province. But the problem Except is, <laughs> what'd you say? What was that? Oh, go ahead. No, it was the tax code. Basically, it's the tax code that's the problem. Yeah. Because say if like if you want to get if Ontario wants to ship beers to Quebec, 
and vice versa. They need to have a tax agreement. But if Ontario wants to send it yeah. to BC, they have to yeah. have a tax agreement. Like every province has to have an agreement with the other province as to how it works. So it's not illegal. So, probably, probably do because it's it's right. So now we could I think deliver to I don't know, Manitoba and or so some provinces you, you could do it, but not Quebec and Ontario. No, they make it. It's and mm. I, do you know what? It's it's Quebec's fault. The uh, the SAQ has a twelve week. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, they want to kill your IPAs. They want to, they want to keep this bad boy. Make sure they die. Exactly. They want to yeah. keep it in a hot warehouse for twelve weeks, so that uh, it dies before it gets anywhere. It's, it's just such work. a yeah. It's so ridiculous and unthoughtful. <laughs> like, and and do you know what I've also found out over this over COVID because we were researching it. One of the problems is it's the, the, the legislation was made in 1928 that they're following. It's like the Alcohol and Something Act of 1928, which kind of says it all. Isn't it? Like, it's so ridiculous to me that, the nine, that something from the 20s, damn near 100 years ago, is dictating how we distribute alcohol in our country today. Yeah, it's absurd and it's infuriating, especially at a time when everybody's hurting. Everyone's going through tough times. All you got and everything's digital. It's so easy to do those uh, subtractions, additions, uh, conversions between the provinces. It's not that difficult to figure out, mate. Bunch of ones and zeros, get it done. And like, it's not. It's just like, who gives a fuck? Just figure it out. Exactly. Just figure it out. Also that. And like, let businesses do what it takes to survive if somebody in yeah. new brunswick wants to buy bandit beer then bandit should be allowed to sell it to them. Let at, them. The, yeah, at the end of the day it doesn't matter i understand the international laws that's a whole other thing but within our country it's like because i look at this when we're talking about australia i look at australia and uh they can do it there's this one company in sydney and our we're from melbourne and I'll, my cousin did something for me and I wanted to pay him back in beer. He helped us out, so I wanted to send him some beer. So I went to a, a website of uh, that sells beer in Sydney and I just bought a bunch, picked a bunch of beer and sent it to him in Melbourne and they just delivered it to his doorstep. And the beer that I chose was from all over the country because this beer store in Sydney got stuff from everywhere. So yeah. it's uh, yeah, the yeah. distribution, yeah. Yeah, man, it's crazy. It's kind of interesting. I know. Anyway, yeah. On that note, from your, uh, we know that uh, even in France, like you know, same you can thing. do what you want. Yeah, same thing. We were talking a couple of weeks ago to uh, yeah, Jacob or Russell because he did he's from Ottawa and he did a delivery in Ottawa, like the first delivery he did in Ottawa. It's kind of a thing. Oh, we should go to a. Uh, Go to Vancouver, so we would stop in Winnipeg, go, go to Edmonton, uh, yeah. uh, it's so great. And then we found, oh, yeah, we cannot do that, see, they go. But we, we, we would do it otherwise. It's yeah, so it's, fun having a yeah. with a huge truck, and you just go to And just drop it all. I mean, that's, that's one way to do it. I just think it's better if you've got a customer in Vancouver who wants to pay you and will pay the shipping, then they should be allowed to, you should be allowed to sell them that beer. That's all. Oh, people are asking. Um, we are receiving like email. Like, yeah, can you ship to Vancouver? And, and it's sad to say no because, but unfortunately, it is what it is. It sucks because they would have heard of your stuff, and they want your beer yeah. over there, but then you can't yeah. sell it. It's yeah, no. ridiculous. Should we do the barley wine? 
Let's do it. All right. Finally, Wayne, we're going to finish it up. If you want to go first. Oh, straight. I'm going to grab Excuse it and go to the bathroom in a second. So, uh, tell us about this bad boy. So, is this a barrel-aged barley wine? Barley wine barrel-aged, yeah. Yes. What kind of barrels? Yeah. So, it was like uh, aged for like... Uh, let me check. <laughs> I don't remember. Okay. This one... And this is long way. Yeah, right? eight months. Yeah, eight months. In a new eight months in a new barrel of uh, bourbon. And, um, yeah, it was a bottle, of course, bottle condition again. Okay. Uh, so body wine. Um, just to explain it quickly, the style it's something like who's gonna give you like uh, fruit cake, caramel, that thin flavor. Uh, we also like. Uh, Bitter at the end because it's the style wants it like that. Um, so very also like complex. Uh, of course, we are going like not to a sour product, but more like uh, like uh, something like more stronger also in alcohol. So this one is like ten uh, percent, if I remember. Okay. 10. Oh, 11.5 even. So yeah, 11.5. Jesus. Um, so nice. Uh, Nice dress, I don't know. Very really nice color. Keep, keep talking about it. And uh, yeah, um, something like very <laughs> like on the like the cake and the caramel taste, like uh, yeah, definitely. That is insane. It's fantastic, oh, yeah, no, fluffy I'm, head, but that's the head stuck around yeah. for a while. Is that uh, fairly yeah. carbonated, or is that just stuck? Yeah, for condition, but I think it's very low, low side of combination. Yeah, I think I have this one right. for like 2.3. Uh, 2.3 is more on the low side for like, the, I think for this type of beer, you don't want to, to be uh, too much carbonated. You want to to be like something like right. between low and medium uh, carbonation. Um, but yeah, very intense. Um, yes. Um, yeah, like nice head, like stays, like stays, like it's. Exactly, yeah, great head, head retention. It looks like uh, nice and fluffy, like pillowy. And then uh, super floral, a lot of, uh, like, is it bourbon barrels you have them aged in? Yeah, bourbon barrel, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah like, wow. It's just a bourbon barrel. Yeah, wow. Punches like you in the face uh, or in the nose. Like the fig and the date, like, I don't know date, that, that is exceptional. Yeah. Wow. That is so bold. Exactly. Bold story. It's nicely malty though. Like, it, you know, uh, how much malt would you put in something like this? Like it's, it's not, obviously not too hoppy. It's more uh, like how um, much. Uh, yeah, obviously, yeah, so almost no uh, sugar adrenaline. So. No, we just only more only flavor, you know, in the it's just um, it's just we're not, we're not adding any sugar on any recipe uh, except the lactose for the the milkshake, but which is different, of course, obviously. But um, right. for this kind of beer, like, so with the system that we have, we can go like uh, maximum like four twenty five, four fifty kilogram of malt. Um, so. 
and instead of brewing like 1200 liters of course uh, brewing like right. maybe eight with this kind of recipe because it's a long boil uh, and we are use, I, I'm using also like uh, like just like Marie Sauter for this recipe uh, mm-hmm. I want to just try, like to stay to stick to the original recipe of uh, of barley wine and uh, of course like a bit of bitterness um, but it's a bit mellow now with the age uh, with the time sorry mm-hmm. and um, but yeah like the, the flavor like from like the bourbon barrel like are just amazing like some hazelnut too. Yeah, hazelnut yeah, caramel kind of notes, very nutty and woody. But in, in nice like the are just like just oh, it's crazy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite beers. Yeah, so. okay. And it's actually not very boozy at all for eleven and a smidge. That's yeah, that is incredibly smooth. For, for eleven point five, yeah, it's pretty yeah. drinking. So yeah, is this never usually was decept- deceptively bad. Is it actually 11.5? 11.5, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know how, like, every every <laughs> big beer is 11. No, no, but I'm not paying a lot of attention. Like, the. I think the. 11.7? I think it's 11.9. Or maybe 11.9, okay. Yeah. <laughs> or the tax, uh, the tax <laughs> law. The tax <laughs> law. 11.9. <laughs> It's a bad beer. <laughs> I love it. Um, I feel like barley wine is one of those um, styles where you love it, not hate it, you, you love it or you don't type of thing. The people who love barley wine, like fucking love barley wine. Like the barley wine is like yeah. hashtag and stuff. Um, I don't think we really drink it too much on this uh, on the podcast or on the channel because it's just not something that I particularly drink a lot. So I'm actually or come across it. often, or not that often. No, I thought everybody does these. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, why did you guys decide to do a beer like this? Um, why? I think it's a good <laughs> side uh, going uh, in the bar. To be honest, like it's, uh, it's a strong beer, good body, and. Uh, I think you can like take also like uh, all the flavor of the barrel like pretty pretty easily. Mm-hmm. It's not a stout, it's not a like a golden ale, so it's something like uh, I won't say between, but it's something like I like. Um, and I, I just love like uh, what you can find inside, like this flavor of fruit cake and like very aromatic flavor. And it's, I think nice. it's a good barrel. Um, I love like barley wine, like not age or so, but I think like. When you age this kind of beer and this style, it's just like ten times better. Mm. So, yeah. Um, I always like. I don't remember if I like them or not because I never have them. Yo, this is right. You're right. You got that fruit cake. Um, it's like a touch of that. The bourbon is not like overwhelming, but it's right in there. Um, it's really. This is 100 the best barley one I've ever had. I swear everyone else maybe want to like have a couple sips and stop. This is really great. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. This is Sorry to jump in for there, but that was like, this no, is no, so please. good. Like this. Talk about it's, it. Uh, like Talk you said before, it's, it's the right amount of carbonation. It's nice and soft. It's got that caramelly, cakey, kind of fruity. It's just, it's warming. It's, I, I would love this on a, I mean, it's kind of cold still. It's not exactly spring, spring, but this is a, a great uh, fall, winter, Nighttime oh, yeah. post dinner 
sipper with a friend. This is like something you can share easily because of the percentage. It's an acute small bottle, so it's not like too intense to uh, to have by yourself. So this is yeah, this is great. Love it. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Like after a nice dinner to digest, or so it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind yeah, of like because it's a slow sipper. Yeah, yeah. and there's Absolutely. so many flavors and layers to it, so it's great. I'm liking this way more than I thought I would. I just really, Same. in my head, I'm like, I don't like barley wines, but it's been so long since I've had one that I don't remember. So this is like, it's, it's a nice, it's a, it's like a nice, um, everything you described, Brad, is, is perfect. I like the carbonation. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it's supposed to be smooth or kind of like, it's like stuff that'll make you burp. Like I didn't realize, like I always think of these things as these big, heavy beers, but this isn't heavy. That's really what it is. Yeah, there was there was a lot of head that came in off the pour, and that made me think there was lots of carbonation in the beer. But it's like it kind of was fluffy, and it kind of stayed around for a while. I'm like, and then it was so soft on the palate. So that's actually really a nice surprise. It was like it looked like it was going to be bubbly yeah. as hell all the way through. So that was great. What's the? Yeah, um, no, it's great beer. Right there. No, like great beer. Also, uh, I like to compare it like. A, I don't know. I, I don't know why. I like to compare also this beer like a bit of a cognac side beer. Like uh, I like, you know, like Ooh. this fact. Yeah, blue glass. So yeah, perfect glass for that. <laughs> no, there you go. It, it's definitely uh, complex and uh, much smoother than the ABV uh, suggests. Like it's way too yeah. easy to drink for this ABV. So true. Um, definitely oh, yeah. a good sharer. What's the general reception to this type of style in the 2021 market? Um, you know, how do people feel about a barley wine and who's, who's into this type of thing? If you look at the Yenta previews, it's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, think, uh, I think the Yenta preview are no, a bit like, okay. they don't say good because the previous long wave that we have was like a goza, tequila goza. Mm. And I'm pretty sure people really like it. Uh, it was like very like fruity, lavender, floral taste. And they, I, I'm pretty sure they came back for this style and uh, they had this like barley wine after. And <laughs> they were thinking it was the same style, the same beer. And they said like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's okay. Did you see the top reviews for this beer? <laughs> it's like it's like three months. <laughs> yeah, and I don't understand like it's uh, because we made like also like a quad uh, as the first release. Which is, to be honest, not too far like uh, in terms of like flavor and aroma. Of course, it's different, but like we're on the same scale of style. And uh, like I think we got like four point two, like uh, one of the one of the best. Yeah, well, they're, 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 they're not too different. Yeah, and they are not too too different of as a style. And I don't know, like, I'm, but because the, the goza tequila goza went between these two, mm. and I'm mm, yeah. sure that's why we changed the label and changed sure. the name and. And uh, I think it was a bit of confusion for our customer, <laughs> but also maybe like, as you say, like uh, barley wine is also very specific. It's not for everyone. Uh, it's also, some people don't like bitterness. It's true. Like the main difference between the, the quad yeah. mm. and this one, that's the bitter. Yeah, the quad is way, like, way more bitter. Yeah. yeah was, right. Even if it's way less than it used to be uh, in the barrel and the very yeah. beginning. It's, 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 uh, a bit, it's more mellow now. and uh, But yeah, it's just a style, like uh, a bit more complex, I would say. So, um, and yeah, I think we made this mistake and um, it won't happen again, but 
honestly, it's a good beer and uh, <laughs> just put five stars on that. <laughs> stars. That's a nice, nice mistake you got there, mate. I think the long wave and the elements kind of go into the, the higher tier of beers that you have and also for the advanced drinker. So I think it actually kind of has its own little position on the shelf for people that want something either, you know, that are a mid-level drinker that are new to the journey and they want something more advanced. So like there's a, there's a good spot for those on the shelf that there's no reason for them to not exist. Like having a really complex but easy to drink barley wine is something that, not many people have in Toronto especially. So that's like a sick thing to kind of advance a medium drinker, but please an advanced drinker. So that's a good thing to to have, I think. Yeah. No, we did him. Yeah. We got less of a, we got a review. So we, we, yeah, there is a, there is a already another one in the bar. So sorry guys, but uh, yeah, (laughs) probably for me, it's a time to go party wine. So for sure. For so, sure. <laughs> are you saying you have no more? Are you still making barley wine then? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna. I, I made one like uh, I think months ago. I put that in a barrel like two weeks ago. So nice. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be ready for winter. Perfect time to release it. And uh, I changed the recipe a bit. I changed my hops to to have something a bit different. I put that in a new barrel, a fresh French uh, fresh bourbon barrel. So never used before. So nice. it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I love that. So like each very every time people have it, it's going to be a completely different beer. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So they could keep it and age it for a bit if they want, or they could drink it fresh. Yeah. It's yeah, and this kind of beer you can definitely age it and uh, and like you can buy it now and enjoy like in six months. I would say it's still great. So this beer, why? What? There is no no yeah, issue. No with issue. Like, but there's no like it's like a strong beer in the spirit barrel. So there's no yeah. What you can keep it nothing. Yeah. Right. So they, yeah. they could keep it for years. They could technically keep it for years, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It's like a, it's like wine, sure. basically. Yeah. Yeah. It probably won't change much over time. So it won't get any better, I imagine, over time. So there is no bacteria in it. It's like a, it's like a clean beer. Mm, in a, it won't change too much over time. Yeah. No, that and that that's mm. interesting though. I think a lot of people. Um, I, I would imagine, like I've ended up with the seller of beers by just getting too much stuff at once, and then you're like, "Oh, I'll drink that soon," and then all of a sudden. You've got Two Christmases past. <laughs> exactly. You've got <laughs> closets and cupboards full of Yeah, the, the the cellar, but it's kind of cool though, because oh, like it won't get worse Sorry? Uh, just yeah. it won't get worse. That's no, a, exactly. Thing, so. so you're safe, right? Perfect, yeah. It, it'll preserve, yeah. Much better, but it won't get worse. But I think that's interesting because if you That's a good someone, point. Exactly, but if some that's a great point, it won't get worse. If someone bought this beer now and then the one that you have and they'll buy that in the winter, I mean, you can crack these side by side and you have one that's like a year old. You can do a vertical. It's fresh, exactly, you do a bit of a vertical. And um, Let's go. I mean, that's fascinating. I've only done it a couple of times, but verticals are just such an interesting way to kind of choose, even if it's like you know different barrels and blah, 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 but from the same brewery, just to see how different ingredients uh change a beer um and, and it allows people to learn a bit more about the style particularly something as complex and maybe is not as common as a barley wine that you know maybe mm. doesn't get the 
respect it deserves amongst the people who want hazy IPAs and smoothies hours and shit. You know? That's a good point. I, I, I really appre I appreciate that in a time where like, if you buy a hazy IPA, you know, you've got two to four weeks really to kind of get it as fresh as possible, but you can put this barley wine in the, in the closet for a year and she's good to go. Yeah, no, I Mature think that's right. I, don't, I won't say we have like issue, but sometimes people are asking like if we can age this beer or if they're buying like like I remember on Christmas time they said like in November oh I'm gonna buy like this IPA to my brother or sister for Christmas time and uh, can I age it? Can you drink like after? You know like IPA like it's bit, the fresher the better of course and uh, I think it's also like a question of education like uh, we're also here like to make beer and. And sell it, of course, but I think we're also here to educate people. Like when I'm coming, like to explain them, like IPA, you cannot age. Uh, it's not something that you cannot keep for a long time because you want to have like the, the fresher of the hops, everything in the beer. And, and I think that education in beer, it's also like part of our job because it's very important. Because if like people are coming back to us and say, okay, I can take this beer and drinking in six months, an IPA, they will say, like, hey, this is disgusting, but. Yeah, it's also our job to say like, no, like, you have to drink it now or like in the few weeks, and otherwise you won't enjoy it. And education is also a big part of our job too. Yeah, that's a really good point. Do you guys put like drink fresh, you know, on, your, on the cans of the ones? Yeah. That you Store cold, drink fresh, right here. That's going to be a setup. <laughs> Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's on the net. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, that's a that's yeah. a that's a really good. I think that's a good thing to have on there because you're right. You know, I mean, a lot of people who are getting into beer now. I don't, I've talked I yeah. talked about this to my beer nerd friends. People like all of us who have been into beer for a while. You know, we did the usual. We got into it from macro lagers, and you drink European lagers and fucking so the difference and in porters and wow. stouts and ipas and blah 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 and you go and then the belgians and blah blah blah. there are some people in the last few years getting into beer just from new england ipas so it's like they don't go through the stages that we went through the journey so they don't go through the journey or their journey is different than our journey it's super short it's shorter in that sense that they won't really get to touch everything so i think there is more education to be uh, um, delivered to some of the uh, the noobs than um, you know than some of the uh, the OGs because it's just different, right? So I you are you know it's great that breweries are sort of teaching people exactly you know how this needs to go and, and you know how yeah. to best you know take care of the beers because I remember when I first got into New England IPAs I didn't know I bought one of the first ones I had I bought it off the shelf here in Montreal from a depreneur like a Le Trois Mousquetaires beer and it was two or three weeks old and just kept on a warm shelf and I didn't know and I drank it I'm like oh, this is not mm. so good and my friend was like dude what are you doing like it needs to be like really <laughs> fresh and it can't be kept warm because I told him how it was and he was like, I'm like oh okay because <laughs> there's such a learning curve with all of these yeah. new styles. So it's good that you guys are proactively trying to, uh, you know, make sure that yeah. people know exactly what they get themselves into. So I love that. Um, that's fantastic. We just uh, having someone, even for the customer who, uh, but uh, look at Untap, for example, we have a customer, uh, 
who buys a beer and he drinks it a year after. We do not because you don't make the you haven't made the beer in a, in a year. <laughs> it's a year after. And uh, mm-hmm. but it's not really. I don't. Know, yeah, the review is probably not 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 as good. I know. Uh, yeah. But uh, just too bad. How come you don't drink this beer anymore? It's like yeah. too, so. It's so it's a year old. It doesn't. And sometimes it's surprise. Okay, four out of four, uh, four out of five. And, uh, but then it's not possible. It's, yeah. After one year, it's, really, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the best time. So, so like, I imagine that would be people who probably just don't understand, you know, how you're supposed to keep beer. So they would have kept the hazy IPA for a year. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but what would you go? Right. You know, if no one told you, how would you know that you can keep the beer? For no one told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, true. Mm. We, we made like three years ago, it doesn't exist anymore. And uh, at some point, like uh, this last week, we had like a review like, for this beer. I said, hey, it was made two years ago. Like, uh, <laughs> it's not the worst. If you keep the, an IPA for a year, and uh, it's not the horrible review that you would expect. Like, no, for like, sure, uh, for sure. But, but still, it's, it's, it just sucks to have a beer yeah, because being drunk and reviewed a, a year after. Yeah, no. Yeah. Even on social media, I see that sometimes. Sometimes people will post like a picture of a beer we haven't made in three years, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of crazy, though, I guess. And that—that's that's crazy for sure. Like it's a lot, but that really shows that there's a lot of beer uh, education that's required to the community and yeah. you know that really falls on the breweries to be like hey so okay so this is an india pale ale you have to drink this within maybe four weeks tops type of thing to make sure it's better so like you know people just don't think because i think there's maybe like a um particularly in cities like toronto and montreal there's like a cool factor about breweries so maybe it's people are totally buying, hips the factor yeah exactly and maybe people are buying um gifts for people and they'll give it to somebody because, like, yeah, this is from a local brewery. They're cool. They're in Runs. They're the only brewery in Runcesvall. And they're an amazing patio, and their beers are amazing, and their food is phenomenal, and their brewers are French and attractive. Like, you're definitely going to need that. <laughs> and you know, people are giving it to people, and then they they're not really sharing that information. They don't know. So I really feel like it's a it's a beautiful thing that people want to support local businesses and drink the local beer. But I guess that's a part of that process because they've come from the world of having buying six cases of Cooler's Light and leaving it in their garage for five years and then drinking Weeks it. Weeks on end. No. Five like, years. <laughs> well, you know, and it's probably fine. You're right. You're, it's probably fine. fine Store in a cool, dry place. <laughs> exactly. In the sense of, of Cooler's Light. But you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just not understanding. Well, I think they're like, Please, there's don't. a point of education at like the, uh, at the, the retail sector of every brewery like every single person that's in a window in a shop in a storefront that even in quarantine times they need to be educated enough to tell the customer hey man just so you know this should be stored cold don't make sure you ride to the park and mess about for an hour and and play with your mates and then go home with them hot in your bag like make sure you just there's a lot of education needs to be instilled or installed into the the retail point of sale um, interaction because yeah some people don't do that I've been to uh, multiple breweries and they don't tell you that stuff and I know that because of you know experience but like it should be said just in case because it's not always emphasized and sometimes that can make a big difference to the impression of the brewery if it's not kept right then you know it's just not cool, so. I get like two weeks and six months 
It's not the same thing. Huh? So no, it's no. high and defrost, for example. Although I'm trying hard to uh, reduce bed, then keep the DO level at a very minimum, but um, but still, you know, even if the DO level is like a, you yeah, like a, it helps. But uh, yeah, at some point, like after uh, three months, I start to change. So I always say like two months would be the maximum to drink an Totally. And for people but, who don't know, uh, DO is dissolved oxygen, so it's how much oxygen's in the beer that. Uh, so and, and, yeah, oxygen is the uh, the enemy of enemy. Uh, <laughs> the enemy of uh, reactivates all the good ingredients. They start eating itself, <laughs> and it turns brown. And you know, I also just want to prop you guys as well. I thought this was really fantastic. Um, when we got make you know part of this podcast is drinking the same beers because it really makes us feel like we're in the, obviously i would much rather be sitting there with you guys and drinking the beers but you know it isn't to be for the meantime and um the way we do the podcast we make sure we're drinking all the same beers and one another package arrived like so i got the package and another one arrived and i messaged one like hey man what's, what's up with this one and he's like the beers are fresher. You need to make sure you have the freshest beer. And I'm like, you're a fucking... <laughs> I just think that so was, amazing. I, I wanted to just give you guys props for that because I'm I'm not I don't really like old IPAs either. I'm not like big on that. Nobody likes an old IPA. Some people do, mm. strangely enough, but personally <laughs> I really prefer them fresh. And it was so important to you guys to make sure that this podcast was represented you know, represented your your products at the freshest uh, as possible. And I just thought that was so cool because it's something that's, that's very important off. to me. So I wanted to just give you guys all props for that because I thought it was just like, that's dedication to the process and to making sure that... And the uh, brand as well. Yeah. It's making sure... Chuck a round of applause up there, buddy. I'm going to chuck a round of applause. I'm gonna, that deserves a round of applause. Yeah. That's all the children I get. No, but like... <laughs> I feel like people don't understand the value of that. And I just thought that was so dope that, you know, you guys were so cool uh, to make sure that, no, 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 you can't have that one. I didn't even ask how old that was. It was probably two weeks old, knowing you guys. Fresh. <laughs> and that was, that was the cloud, and the cloud was spectacular. And I haven't had – I double-checked. I thought maybe I had some of these beers. I hadn't had any of them. That's why I'm taking all the photos. Same. Maybe. And I, I'm, I'm so damn impressed. We still have one more to go, and I want to wrap it up in a second because I want to make sure you guys – have enough time to prepare the patio for tomorrow. I don't want to make you too tired. Um, but no, I'm, I'm so impressed with all of this stuff. This stuff is like genuinely fan-fucking-tastic. Um, you've even kind of like converted me to barley wine. I'm like, I'm looking forward to this warming up to room temperature and maybe having something sweet with it as like a dessert after. Yeah. I'm, I'm so yeah. impressed. Um, the final beer we are going to have this evening is a an imperial stout with chocolate and raspberries. Is that correct? I'm gonna grab that one sec. Yeah, grab that. The Uber home is gonna be helpful this evening, boys. So the uh, the long wave is a single barrel as well. Now this is a uh, tell us the last one. Thank you, baby. Um, Tell us about this one. This is this one sounds phenomenal. I've been very excited for this one. I really love. Is this a pastry stout, Ben, or is this what would you consider? Yeah, uh, so the idea is to make. Um, uh, we have like two series of imperial stouts. Um, so we have like, uh, and we wanted to do a third one. So the first one is basically, uh, I would say, more pastry. So like mixing like imperial stout with. Uh, 
coconut, coffee, uh, and chocolate. So okay. this is the first part, more pastry. Then we have like this one, so sway is part of the the one with um, chocolate and fruit. So we're gonna have like a chocolate raspberry, chocolate orange, uh, like adding some fruit in this series. And also we wanted to do like a chocolate bar, chocolate bar, chocolate bar. I don't know what you say, but yeah, chocolate bar uh, series. So I don't know if you can tell brands, but like stuff like Kit Kat, Mars, Snickers. Uh, okay, like replicate that. So, so replicate this kind of um, of flavor in the beer. Okay. And sway first one with uh, the fruit and the um, and basically chocolate. Uh, so very interesting. Uh, I think it's a good mix uh, of the fruit. It's uh, a bit uh, kind of like. Uh, the cake, uh, Forêt Noire. Okay. I don't know if you are, uh, Oh, yeah, um, Black Forest. Black Forest, exactly. Forêt Noire, wow. <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit My is taking over. <laughs> My six months of taking French. Do you know the only time I speak French is when I'm drunk in an Uber back in the day, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's the best time to speak it. It's the only time I don't give a fuck about, like... Ah, like Let's I can. Have a mistake. <laughs> uh, oh, we're gonna give it a like, give it like twenty minutes, mate. It's gonna be an all French podcast. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I'm gonna no, do my best. You have to do your best. You've been here a few times, no? You know the deal. I know. Yes, no, and thank you. That's it, mate. Glass of soup. Let's go. Oh, mate, this head looks insane. Oh, I want to eat it with a spoon, actually. <laughs> oh my god. Oh wow! Ooh. And this is going to be so good when it warms up. Now this is chocolate and raspberries. Oh my goodness! Ten percent. Yeah, that artwork. Oh, the artwork. All of these labels are out of control. Yeah, let's All of them. Should we talk about the labels for a second? Because your artwork is. We totally should. It's my buddy. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that, guys, because it's like this is fantastic. That's a what the guy. The guy. It's um. I know he. Does a guy for twenty for twenty years. So uh, he lived in Toronto. Yeah, he, he used to he lived here. Yeah, uh, about ten years ago. Is yeah, he's very really French. He's a French. French. He lives yeah. in a. Uh, oh, Everyone. Oh, <laughs> 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 he is really, really good. He's such a nice guy too. So it's a, I never. And uh, yeah, wow. I know. <laughs> oh, that's dope. Yeah, no, but you're. Yeah, Creative ideas. Yeah. Oh man. my god. Woo! That is phenomenal. My god. Yeah, that is crazy. Oh yeah, my this is goodness. my jam right here. Get it? Jam. It's raspberry and chocolate. Get it? Oh. Get it? Good luck. You like that, right? Do you like yeah, raspberry this, is, um, jam, mate? this is sick, boys. Like this is like, yeah. The, the, oh. All the labels. I'm just looking at them all here from from everything. And Super cute. Yeah, you guys really have a real distinct branding. I love the way that it's sort of like the. Even the can's got the picture with the the bold font at the bottom and the real subtle in uh, on the side here with oh sorry it's the other side with like the um, you know band of brewery the, the address and, and the ABV and all that type of stuff it's just like it's simple it's so minimal minimal exactly well said um, yeah man this every label good. has kind of their uh, their color palette too like you know there's a there's a theme of like two or three colors very minimal like that and it's uh super clean that's the main uh, thing ooh, yeah, oh no, I think 
I love the the block of chocolate at the very bottom that the raspberries are swinging on. The, that little block of chocolate, little bed is just that's that's a great little add to the label. Yeah, man, I agree. This is so good. Fucking hell! Please tell us, <laughs> tell us about this. This is fantastic. Mm. Actually, or maybe that's too much. <laughs> no, uh, basically, like, um, so what, what I was saying, it's like uh, part of a new like series of Imperial Stout. Uh, so, like, this, like, those batch, like, it's a two-day process. So it's a, it's a long, uh, long time, like, a lot of work to make it. Um, because, as we say, we are not using, like, uh, extra sugar or sugar to in our beer, so it's only grain. And uh, to have like this percentage of alcohol, of course, you need a lot of grain uh, with our system. So it's like a two-day batch, so it's double batch. Um, and then basically, yeah, we want to play a bit with a new series, adding like some fruit. So it's raspberry this time. Probably next time it's going to be orange and chocolate. So we want to be like, uh, yeah, in the mm. pastry side. And um, yeah, we are using also like um, like a good cacao that uh, like very nice flavor like we select like two or three the nibs from the nibs local, uh, local supplier okay. too and uh, so we try for like two three four like different supplier we try the nibs we say okay maybe this can go and uh, and the raspberry was perfect also to balance not yeah. too much and not to just have a hint like uh, it's pretty like it's here like you can feel the raspberry mm-hmm. for sure uh, so yeah, we are more like on the pastry uh, beer uh, dessert, like uh, whatever. Mm. But it's like nice beer to finish, like uh, a dinner, like uh, a night. Meal, and, uh, yeah. yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, man, this is. Oh so, yeah, a- like a black forest, black forest style. I would say. That's what I want to write. Black forest cake. Yeah, um, it's definitely a black forest cake vibe, like that kind of like um, sticky. Yeah, the nice cake. cherry black forest vibes. Yeah. Stupid good. But like less cherry has that dark red vibe. Like this is that little bit brighter. Yeah. Because of the raspberries. So it's kind of like that juicy mm. red berry as opposed to that darker red. And you, you can tell the difference, but it's still definitely that like decadent chocolate vibe. It's less like less body, more more flavor. Yeah. 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 Like it's luxurious. What we what we like, I think about yeah, if you can, yeah, make them syrupy, so they, they can stick to the glass like this. Yeah, <laughs> really, really like this, yeah. especially me. <laughs> and oh, uh, that's the all our IPAs are going to be like this. And we have some variations about them. Yeah, like the, the flavor, flavor, the flavor and everything. Yeah, but uh, it cannot be like a some bunch of malls, a bunch of uh, dextrose, and you get a impost out like this is a 10, 20, no, we don't, we don't want to make that. That's no, a, just, no. just with grain, that's density. That's so high density, grain. just grain, yeah. Just natural and high, so yeah. Maybe that's the, the French part here, like uh, the high alcohol percentage. <laughs> 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 hey, man, whatever works, I'm here for it. It's like that dessert. I feel like you guys, like the, the, the French, you know, creme brulee is probably my favorite dessert of all time, which is super Oh, French. my goodness. It's the greatest. Oh, <laughs> top tier. <laughs> I remember we were in Australia and my uncle, we are yeah. not French by any means. And he, At all. And they brought over a bunch of creme brulee to the thing and they brought the, the flamethrower. Blowtorch. 
And these are just white Australian people. And they just went, they, they put them in the <laughs> oven and they're like, and the sugar. And I was like, yo, I've never seen that before. It looked, it looked picture perfect. It was yeah. crazy. We were blown, blown away. Literally, get it with the blowtorch, yeah? Huh? Hey. But yeah, no, I, I, I really appreciate that sort of French dedication. I think maybe, I know you're joking, but I think there might be something to that where the French have like just a, a thing for desserts. Like you guys just know the millefeuille and like like different type of um, uh, desserts with, with like they're just creamy and just big and bold. And I feel like this comes through in the flavors in, in this bad boy here, which, you know, it's maybe a great show. <laughs> maybe we should do like a croissant, pain <laughs> uh, au chocolat. Uh, <laughs> dark chocolate croissant. Let's go. <laughs> we should make a bunch of different like pairings for this beer, like a different kind of lunch pairings and a couple of dinner pairings just for this. Maybe a couple of dessert pairings, but like if people want to stop through and like have a little snack yeah. with this, that'll be a great, you know, get some some fancy. Anything, any kind of meals with this would go good. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, people would appreciate it. Now this is this is some. I mean, this is like a really fascinating uh, like lineup of beer that we've done tonight, from IPAs to a two different types yeah. of doubles. Uh, you know, um, a barrel aged sour, barrel aged barley wine, and now an imperial pastry stout. Like it really it's shows. Like lineup. Yeah, you guys definitely have a lot of range. Um, once again, I don't know if people realize the level of range that you guys have, and I think it's um, it's just dope, very cool. It's all extremely well done. The branding is on point. It's you know, I, I, the experience in the brewery is always really dope as well because you've got this big warehouse type space like behind you guys. You can big see space little, open. the hanging lights and stuff, and and now the beautiful big patio that's super COVID friendly and safe that opens tomorrow in Toronto. That's Saturday, March the 20th, tomorrow yeah. in Toronto. Juan is going to yeah. greet you with a smile and a hug, not a hug. I'm joking about the hug. Not a hug. No, no. Uh, yeah. Elbow dap. Elbow daps. It's a little elbow. <laughs> That's the face. You're going to smile. That's the smile. You can just draw the smile on the mask. <laughs> you, you smile with your eyes these days, guys. Smile right. with your eyes. No, it's super cool, man. Everything that you guys are doing is 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 very very cool, and I do recall we had to eat in there before as well, and the food was always phenomenal. So, will you guys Amazing. have a, the kitchen? Will be there tomorrow as well if people want to come by. Uh, uh, the open but limited menu. Limited uh, menu. That's fine. We're going to be good. Our, our chef is ma- makes awesome food, honestly. And uh, yeah, but um, and, and we're still going like uh, to do like a uh, fresh pasta every Friday, like uh, every two weeks, we're gonna have like a special takeout, uh, like mm-hmm. Sunday dinner, milk it. Yeah. Um, and we, we still have also like uh, the small, like uh, charcuterie board and cheese board also like mm-hmm. available the weekend. And, uh, and like also like the, some gross, like, I won't say groceries, but like, how do you call it? Like, uh, commissary. So, like, hot sauce, uh, vinegar, like everything homemade. Uh, so, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's the experience. I think, and look, a limited menu is fine because if you think about it, like, everything's been closed. You, you, you go there for beer. You just want <laughs> well, some treats, mate. One, you just want like, some snacks. Right. Less when one day notice them. So. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not that serious. Like, you know, people are just happy to be out. They're happy that, you know, this is the first, honestly, we've been here 10 years. 
and this is one of the first springs that are happening in March in a real way. Normally, spring is like damn near May. Deep so, April. Yeah. yeah, deep April, if not May. Like, I remember it snowing right. in May in some of the times we've been here. And, uh, mm. you know, I think people are just grateful to be out and about and to be able to go out and support a local brewery and a local business, um, you know, be able to eat and have something to drink and just talk to people in a safe way, you know, that's COVID friendly and stuff. And I think that's uh, very exciting at this point in time for everybody. We've been... Being outside here. is fun. Being inside is, being inside is cool, but I think it's time, you know, if, if, if we go back to have a beautiful weekend, you guys are... Uh, the timing is spectacular, really. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Like it's super appealing to be able to do that and to drink, you know, really high quality beers and also to leave. You can leave there with, I would, you know, make sure if you're going to go to a brewery to, to drink a couple of beers and have some food, leave with a bunch of beers, grab a six pack to go at least type of thing and make sure you keep supporting because the last thing, you know, we want breweries like Bandit to be around all the time and the fact that you guys have been able to figure out you guys were already packaging but you would have had like you said you converted to 100% packaging you know so you you know it's very important for the breweries to survive that everyone keeps you know grabbing the stuff and that's what we want you know when things get back to normal we want to make sure all of our favorite places are still there and thriving god damn it so we can continue to enjoy everything they have to do so you know this is this is beautiful, guys. I really appreciate. It. I really don't want to keep you guys too much longer because once again, I'm very uh, aware that uh, tomorrow is a big day. I want to make sure that you guys are <laughs> too drunk off the barley wine and the imperial stouts. Wine's <laughs> gonna have to take you Uber. You guys need some home, supper. <laughs> put you to bed. Um, <laughs> this has been uh, this has been really great, guys. I really genuinely appreciate all your time. This is this has been fantastic. I'm really glad we did this. I'm, I'm genuinely very impressed with everything. The haze was fire. The barrel aid stuff is fire. Like, you guys are awesome. Juan is a legend. Patty is tomorrow. <laughs> what can I say? What, what more do you need? You know? There he is. Come say good day. There he is. Look at this guy. Did the thumbnail with Guys, we're going to do a stay thumbnail. Stay there with the thumbnail. I got to take a screenshot. Do you want to hold up some of the packaging and stuff? I'm going to hold up. Get a couple of beers, mate. I'm going to hold up a couple of bottles. Oh, my cow for me. Here we go. Hi, hi. Okay, you ready? Come, come, come on. There he is. There we go. Look at that. Oh, that is gorgeous. Look at that. Fantastic. I'm Old putting squad. out on the Christmas card, mate. Christmas no, cards is- from BAOS. God damn it, that is beautiful. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time tonight. This has been uh, genuinely fantastic. All three of you guys, where can we find Bandit online? You can go to banditbrewery.ca and you'll find all our delivery, our Ontario-wide shipping, everything's right there. Banditbrewing.ca? Bre- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, on Instagram, on Instagram, we're bandit underscore brewery right on the screen and, there. Boom, and you yeah. can find out all about our Ontario deliveries where we're going to be next week. Um, so yeah, there's a lot going on. I love it, it's a beautiful thing. 
Thank you, guys. Uh, Notion, where can everyone find you online, sir? Uh, at Illinois Studios on Facebook, Instagram, and illnotestudios.com for mixing, mastering, uh, product photography, food, and beer. I love it. Guys, stick you, I love it. I appreciate it. Um, guys, sticker. I'm just going to wrap this up. Stick around and we'll say goodbye just at the uh, end of this. I'll wrap this up. So everybody, thank you so much for watching and listening. We appreciate y'all. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell notion. Ding. So you know when the new new drops. Follow us on social media at BAOS Podcast. And check out the long-form audio so you can hear extraordinarily attractive gentlemen like Juan Ben. And Stefan, talk about craft beer in Ontario. That is it. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you again. Stay safe. Get in here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Merci. 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 What's up? How about you?